Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin, the podcast. I don't know. I wish I could pick being a hooper. I mean, I wish I could have got to the league. I wish I could just say, ah, you can work for ESPN or you can go play in the NBA. I would have picked the NBA. I didn't have that choice in front of me, unfortunately. It's all right. I, I'm, I, it's all good. We College had a good scholarship. Life. Yeah. Played for four years in Notre Dame. Oh, we know. You talk all about it, all-time leading shot blocker. Let's talk go. Talk Let's go. In case you didn't know. <laughs> anyway. Oh, that's the drop? Keyshawn J. That's Williams. what we're doing. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Jordan Cornette. Yes, we are married. And yes, sometimes I'm nice to him. And I give him props. Like, you are Notre Dame's all-time leading shot blocker. Well, we'll let that live right there and breathe, even though I do believe it's all over your Twitter handle. And you're beautiful. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Steve. <laughs> that actually works. That's the funniest part. Because I have, I have like no reveling. Oh, that's so nice. You got nice a lot now. of things going on. Way more than just your beauty. All Come right. Uh, you Come know on. who also has got a lot of things going on, but probably not in the best way? That would be the Houston Texans. Weird transition, but I had to get there somehow. Um, quarterback Deshaun Watson reported to Texans camp yesterday to avoid being fined $50,000 per day. That is no longer something that the team can waive. That is something that has been set forth by the CBA and the NFL last season. And so Deshaun Watson shows up and Dan Graziano was on with here uh, with us a little bit ago and I thought he put it really well this puts the Texans in a really precarious situation because what are they going to do now essentially well let, let's hear from Adam Schefter ESPN NFL insider he was on SportsCenter AM yesterday in terms of what's next for Watson and the Texans now the question is do the Texans take some action on their own do they excuse him from camp until the legal issues are resolved do they let him be there do they let him practice? It's hard to imagine when they seem like they're open and willing and likely to trade him at some point. We don't know when, but likely to trade him, that they'll allow him to practice. So how do they avoid that happening when he doesn't want to be there practicing for them, when they don't want him practicing for them, but he had to report to avoid the fines? So that that's where the Houston Texans are at. He had to report to avoid the fines. But now what do you do going forward if you're the Houston Texans or even furthermore if you're Deshaun Watson? Look, you and I have talked about this a lot now over the last two days. And I think it's pretty clear why he reported to camp. That's not surprising to anyone. But the, trying the, to save, save himself that $50,000 day penalty. Not only that, but like he puts the Texans in an awkward situation, as Schefter just said. And obviously he wants to be traded, so he can go ahead and do that. It also shows to other teams he's football ready, he's ready to be there, and he's ready to work. Whatever. The list can go on down the line. But what still is hanging over everyone else's head and on everyone else's mind is the fact that there are two twenty there are 22 open cases at this point that are still still being looked at and investigated and trying to be comprehended by the rest of the NFL and by Commissioner Roger Goodell. And so to me, when I look at this from a female perspective, and I understand how the legality of things work out, like you have to be innocent until proven guilty. I get all that. I am not saying that everything is finalized in terms of Deshaun Watson and his future. But what I am saying is this is a major distraction for a team like the Houston Texans who does have to field a team of players and does have to go out and play the season and does have to proceed with training camp. And so putting him on the commissioner's exempt list is something you and I have talked about a lot. We've talked about it before even he reported to training camp and why that would make for a good decision. Not only to eliminate distractions, but also to just show everyone, hey, we're still digging into some to some details here. There are 22 cases, not one, not two, not three. This is going to take a lot longer than probably anything else they've dove into in the past in terms of the NFL. 
And so while Dan Graziano pointed this out to us, normally that is something that happens more during the regular season because that's when the big money comes, right? That's It's paid leave, essentially, the, the commissioner's exemplus. Like, it would make more sense for the regular season. These guys do get paid to be at training camp, albeit not as much money. Just put him there until you figure out all of the facts, and then you can decide to either remove him or keep, them, keep him on there. But Dan Graziano made an interesting point when he joined the show earlier, and to me it provided some clarity because my take initially was – this is on Goodell. Put him on a commissioner's yeah, exempt yeah. list. Keep it moving. And Dan Graziano said, well, not quite, because you can't go ahead and put him on that exempt list and you haven't started the season yet, because in season, he's, he's put, they've removed him, but he's still getting paid. If you remove him now and put him on a commissioner's exempt list, there's no real money that you're paying him. It just appears as a suspension. And that goes to then, you could make the case, well, you're treating him like he's guilty before finding him innocent or finding him guilty as opposed to what we pride ourselves on here in America is a legal process of innocent until proven guilty. Why can't you just say we're putting – just speak, say. We're putting him on here while we figure out the rest of the details with these 22 pending cases. Done. Well, and I think it's a delicate balancing act because I would argue right now for Deshaun Watson by appearing, I think it's a PR win – and again, speaking on a very sensitive thing here, this is incredibly sensitive. There are 22 women with some terrible allegations levied upon Deshaun Watson. But when you're talking about a narrative, when you're talking about appearances of this whole thing, the mere fact that Deshaun Watson is in camp, is showing up, is a visible member of a franchise and representing this league, that's a PR win for him in his camp oh, yeah, to say – nobody's told me I can't do any of this stuff. I've not been penalized anywhere. So these 22 allegations are merely that. They're alleged. They are accusations. There's no proof. But now if you're doing what you want the commissioner and Roger Goodell to do, if he then makes that move and suspends him, does it shape a narrative of this guy has done wrong, even though we haven't for certain found it? And it sounds like your argument, which I kind of agree with, is, well, 22 people have said something. So you can argue whether he's guilty or not. He's put himself in a position where I don't know if he's committed well, a crime, dig more but facts. he's done something where there's a gray area where right. things need to be resolved, and that's quite possibly enough for a commissioner to assert his power and say, for right now, let's remove him, and I tend to agree with you. Nothing happens in this world without a statement anymore. No one just does things without informing the masses of why they do them, and especially not in the NFL. So it would be very simple, I feel like, to just come forward and say, look, we don't have all the facts yet. We don't know what's going to happen going forward. But Deshaun Watson is the face of a franchise, essentially, and a starting quarterback in this league, and at one point was – one of the faces of the entire league. And so while we figure out what is really going on behind these 22 pending cases, because it's going to take a little while, we're going to put him on the commissioner's exemplist until we have all the facts. Until then, he will be on paid leave. While he's on the commissioner's exemplist, he can still show up to the team facilities and be in workouts and meeting rooms. He just cannot practice, and he's still getting paid. Yeah. This, this yeah. seems like a very easy and obvious solution. Like I, I get that it could create a narrative, but not if you put some words behind it. No, and I agree. That's how I opened the show. But Dan Graziano did mention an element to it that right. we weren't no, thinking understand. about, which lays out a much more dynamic situation. And, and again, understanding that finding justice as it pertains to these 22 allegations is of the utmost importance. Sure. But we're talking sports here. And the sports element of this is what a tough position to be in if you're a potential suitor who wants Deshaun Watson on as a part of your right. franchise because you're essentially looking at somebody and saying, 
well, we're willing to give up what's going to be a lot to get a guy like this, and we're not quite certain what this legal process is going to and how it's going to play out, which goes back to, well, where is it right now? And what we're hearing about this legal process and how it's playing out is the lawyers uh, represent the lawyer representing who I believe the name is Tony Busby representing these 22 women and their, and their allegations. Well, they want NDAs to be signed. He wants to protect the privacy of these women for obvious reasons, as we've come to know the, the nature of these crimes. Whereas on Deshaun Watson's side, he wants us all to be very public, which shows you his stance and how he feels about these allegations coming his way. They're very far apart, is my point, Shay. So this is going to take a long time to play out. November 2, that's the trade deadline. I'm not confident that this gets resolved by November 2nd. And if that's the case, then what happens with Deshaun Watson? So this thing is is in a standstill. And unfortunately for all parties involved, I think it's going to be like this for a little while. Uh, speaking of football, <laughs> like staying on that track that you were just on, yeah. like the way the Houston Texans organization has essentially fallen from grace, let's just say that over the past couple of years, is immeasurable. Like you look at the DeAndre Hopkins trade. I mean, this was a team two years ago uh, that was up – 24 nothing on the Kansas City Chiefs in the AFC Divisional round. Remember that beat. They were that was up a bad beat. 24 nothing in the AFC Divisional round since then. Didn't even cover, by the way. <laughs> How do you remember that? Because right, that was a tough day. <laughs> Anyways, since then, they've traded their wide receiver in DeAndre Hopkins, which still I think could go down as one of the worst trades in NFL history. You, you fired who was then your, your head coach and GM, Bill O'Brien. You've had issues in the locker room. You've had issues with your star quarterback wanting to get out of town and, and having – uh, obviously, these pending cases surrounding him. You have now a new head coach. I mean, it's just been issue after issue, it feels like, for this Houston Texans team. And I don't know when the end in sight is. Like, when yeah. does it all finally get revol- resolved? Well, because you're also talking about, yeah, this franchise that is crumbling aside from this the, these legal issues with Deshaun Watson. Even if Deshaun didn't this in this world where these 22 allegations never came down, you're still in a spot where this quarterback didn't want to be there. You've lost all these important pieces because of Bill O'Brien and his ego, starting with D Hop uh, a, a, over a year ago. And now you're in a position where a legal process has to play out to even know if you have the value to move a guy that wants to be moved. So there's layers to this rebuild, and I couldn't think of a worse spot to be in. Uh, for a franchise in the Houston Texans. And then the Houston Texans, if you look ahead at what's coming up for them this upcoming season, I mean, it is no cakewalk. First of all, they're opening the season against the Jaguars, and the Jaguars were not good last year. But now they have Trevor Lawrence at the helm. They have a new coach in Urban Meyer. You don't think all eyes are going to be on the Jacksonville Jags and what they're going to be able to do week one against the Houston Texans? It's going to be a gauntlet for them because right now they don't even know their quarterback is. Luckily, they've got a professional who's who's being groomed to take that spot if, in fact, Deshaun Watson, who – if if you were thinking about the season, it looks like he won't be the guy. Tyrod Taylor is a professional who's going to come in there, who's going to understand the playbook, who's going to be a guy who, who can galvanize a, a locker room and, and get guys to play football, but you are without so many pieces there, and you want an identity for any team you root for. There is no identity for the Houston Texans no. and no path right now for this thing to get back on track well, as it lays out in front of us. I remember when we were talking about the Houston Texans and I thought they were like a few draft picks away, which they didn't have any draft capital. So I guess a few trades away um, or they had a lot of draft capital, I should say from, from bolstering their offensive line. Like that's what I thought they were at. I'm like, Oh, they have their franchise quarterback. They've now brought in a decent running back. They've got their wide receiver. And DeAndre I, just think, think about that. I was like, Oh, everything's getting figured out. They just need to fix their offensive line. Okay, think about that town and what they've gone through with, with their sports. I mean, the Astros reached the ultimate high 
and then they, they, they get found out that they were cutting corners. Uh, so there's a dynamic there. James Harden, Chris Paul on the cusp of NBA Finals. Paul gets injured. James Harden ultimately wants out. He's now part of a super team there in Brooklyn. And now this with Deshaun Watson and the Texans. Just a, a, a crazy string of events. And now really the only thing you're holding on to as a sports fan there is, well, your Houston Astros are, are back, not cutting corners, and are still a true threat to win the World Series. Cutting but corners that's, was, is a cute way to say it. Uh, not it, cutting corners is sweet. It's a nuanced conversation. Yeah, I guess. Uh, but it, it's, it's been wild there in Houston. It, it has really been. Has. This is Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline. My name is Shay Cornette. He is Jordan Cornette. We're filling in for the guys. Not only today, tomorrow and Wednesday, we're getting up early. And you know what we have at home? We have a three-month-old. So if anyone has suggestions of how I'm supposed to wake up at 3 a.m., take care of a three-month-old, and this large man, let me know, please. <laughs> they got no answers for the, <laughs> for the latter. There are no answers for that one yet. You're still trying to figure so it out. Like, what am I supposed to go to the grocery store? Like, that's just, it's not happening. Well, week. don't act like you're the only one who goes to the grocery store. Like, we, there's, we, we split duties. We split duties in our house. We split duties in our house. The grocery store is never on your list of things to do. I think you've done it twice and you get bottles water. You are one of the most unique people I know that actually enjoys going to the grocery store. I don't know I if do. there's I, actually I don't do. know if there's a cute guy that like bags of groceries there or what, but don't you love that. going to the grocery <laughs> store. I do. I like the grocery store and I like laundry. Other than that, I'm done with chores. Like I'll I will do and those I do, two I do things the yard happily. work. I'm cleaning up the, the dog excrement in our yard. I'm taking the trash out. I garden. I do some things. Our producer just said in my ear, yeah, you like the grocery store so I can get away from you. Isn't that something? You are gone for a long time. I, we need a- I'm married and my wife left yesterday for four hours to go to the grocery store. I think four I know hours. why. Four hours. <laughs> yeah, right? Store. Well, it, it, to be fair, he is 6'9". I have to buy a lot of groceries. You know? But his body's no accident. It's true. It's very um, accurate. Okay, so we were talking about the Houston Texans, and let's look at the division that they're in, and that would be the AFC South. Mm-hmm. And the Tennessee Titans, the Indianapolis Colts, uh, Titans are probably, I'm going to uh, just assume they're going to remain similar okay yeah let's just say although they do have julio jones Uh, that is another they're gonna be better they're gonna be a lot better better fine the indianapolis colts would you assume better no philip rivers now they have carson wentz yes i think they're gonna be a lot better i think that team with a lot better with carson wentz yes because carson wentz has a familiarity with frank reich that offensive line speaks for itself the things that prop up a guy like carson wentz are presented there in indianapolis absolutely i think they're gonna be not good they're gonna be great there are this is the the Indianapolis Colts are similar to what I've said this to you before like the the Spurs are in the NBA they're a, a quietly good understood team like there's no flashy elements to them and the Indianapolis Colts well, sure they come into this season with like virtually no holes on the roster the only question mark they have a solid run game they have an offense they have a strong offensive line they have a fantastic defense they're stable both up, up front on the defensive side and on the offensive side the only question mark is the quarterback Carson Wentz so we will see and I happens. don't believe he's a question mark I believe greener pastures were all was all that he needed. I think he needed to get out of Philly uh, for his mentality, but also just for the layout of the pro, of, of the of the team. I, he had nobody protecting him. Yeah, well, he we'll had see. no weapons. We'll he had see. no run game. It'll be the Titans and the Colts, I think, to be the division leader this year. That's for sure. Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin is presented by Progressive Insurance, offering coverage options as unique as your business. Progressive covers companies of many sizes and specialties. Learn more at progressivecommercial.com. Uh, All right, we're going to switch gears now, talk a little bit of Browns football. As I said, teams reporting to training camp, so let's get into it. Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level with Emin and Jared on ESPN 850 in Cleveland, joins us now, host of Primetime on ESPN Radio as well. He is on the Goodyear Hotline. Good morning to you. Thanks for being with us this morning, Emmett. So, reaction to the very obvious statement that Odell Beckham Jr. made that he wants to win a championship in Cleveland. 
Yeah, I mean, everybody wants him and the Browns to win a championship in Cleveland. You know, I think about 2016, how awesome it was when the Cavaliers won. I mean, that's just a fraction of what it would be like if the Browns were able to bring a championship home. So that's where everybody is focused at on the Browns and everybody in Cleveland feels like there's a really good chance that the Browns could be in the AFC championship game or maybe even the Super Bowl this year. Emmett, it keeps going going back and forth, I feel like. There's the confidence runs high in Baker Mayfield. Uh, People question Baker Mayfield. It seems very inconsistent there in Cleveland and even across the country. Uh, What is your belief that Baker Mayfield can be the guy to lead this team to said championship? Uh, I believe strongly in him, to be honest with you. You know, he has the ability. We saw it. The one thing that I think Baker struggled with is being kind of that maverick and having that chip on his shoulder. But when Kevin Stefanski came here in Cleveland, he kind of added a little consistency and kind of calmed Baker down, where Baker is still that guy that will get riled up. Um, it's more focused. That energy is more focused now on what's going on on the field. So everybody in Cleveland definitely believes that Baker is the guy. I mean, we've had 30-something quarterbacks uh, walk through that door uh, and have never been this good. So um, it feels good to finally have someone that you can believe in, you know, getting behind uh, center every play. Talking to Emmett Golden right now, ESPN 850 in Cleveland, giving us the latest surrounding the Browns. Okay, so uh, we mentioned Odell and obviously Baker Mayfield. And last year when Odell Beckham Jr. went down with that ACL injury, it was an unfortunate, I felt like, headline. Like, is this addition by subtraction almost? Because then this gives Baker Mayfield the opportunity to kind of be that alpha dog in the locker room. I I didn't really care for that narrative, but I want to ask you about it, Emmett. When Odell Beckham does come back, and these two are on the football field together, week one and so on, what kind of marriage will it be between the two of them? I think it'll be a a good one. Um, The one thing that the Browns missed last year, especially in that playoff game against the Chiefs, is a deep threat. I know the offense was humming and they have so many weapons, but they didn't really have anyone that could stretch the field. And I think once OBJ is back along with Baker, I don't believe there'll be a situation where, like early last year, they forced the ball to Odell and really felt like we got to get him going. We got to get him going. I think uh, Baker now has confidence after performing well last season that they'll utilize OBJ for that big play here or there um, to really stretch the field. And it'll just make the offense a lot more dynamic. Um, So we're all looking forward to it because I know 13 hasn't been 13 for a while, but that talent is still there. Emmett, I I think when you talk about expectations with Cleveland, it's been a a slippery slope. You could say that this team maybe didn't become the team they were supposed to be because those expectations were too lofty. Maybe guys were reading headlines. Uh, A little bit of that all in the videos vibe where they were really feeling themselves and they shouldn't be. uh, To now a point where it feels like it's an established, consistent organization. Now I ask you, what are realistic expectations going into 2021 for these Browns? I think you start with uh, winning the AFC North. I think that's a possibility. Obviously, Baltimore is the team, I think, right now that most Browns fans have their eye on and say that's the team that ultimately we're going to have to beat if we want to be AFC North champions. And then I think once you get into the playoffs and as long as you're healthy, and we know that's a a big-time key in the NFL is health, um, I think they can challenge for a Super Bowl. You know, I won't uh, throw out the Goldie guarantee and say that they'll win it, (laughs) uh, but I think they can challenge challenge 
uh, to be in the Super Bowl this year, and we're all looking forward to a, to a great season here in Cleveland. You see what the Browns are doing. They're circling the Ravens and giving those Steelers so, so much disrespect. What about my Bengals? I mean, let's, uh, let's also – Let's like, not get in. Uh, y'all Cleveland cats never want to mention that city oh, on the Southern God. tip. <laughs> oh, but watch please. out. Joey B's coming back. It's a sneaky, dangerous division it is. in the AFC it North is. this year. Cleveland I mean. listed at 16-1 to odds to win the 2022 Pro Football Championship at Caesars Will- William Hill. Seventh best odds. Thank you so much, Emmett. We really appreciate the time. Emmett Golden, co-host of The Next Level in uh, Cleveland on 850 Cleveland. We'll see you later. Thanks for having me. Um, That was Emmett Golden on the Goodyear Hotline, brought to you by Goodyear, helping you discover the road ahead. That's Goodyear more driven. A little bit of breaking news here from Chris Mortensen. For Deshaun Watson, the Texans' asking price would be some sort of combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players per Two league source executives. So that would be five. Say it, one more time, say it one more time for me. Okay, so this is from Chris Mortensen. For Deshaun Watson, the Texans asking price. Some combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players, plural. And starting caliber players. Correct. Because, That's per two league executives. Now, see, my guess would have been just a combination of five, maybe three first rounders, two second rounders. And one, now, and one player? But now if you're talking about high drafts and a starting uh, a, a legitimate piece, it probably could be a blend of fourth round, third round, uh, first and second too. You can kind of disperse it around. But it goes back to any suitor is not going to give up that kind of king's ransom unless they know – if this guy's going to play football for him. Because who's ever taken Deshaun Watson has an immediate need at the quarterback position, and if they're giving up all that, leveraging their future, they want him to be that guy week one. I, Does it feel like to you Deshaun Watson's going to be a week one quarterback in this moment? You don't know. No, I, just all of this feels like empty. Like, why are we talking about this? We don't have any idea what's going on with Deshaun. Like, I, because you, you have to as long as he – is playing in the league and he's not on any exempt list and nothing he's has been He's not handled playing. My point is, as long as he's not on an exempt list, as long as he's in the facilities and there, I hear you, Shay. I'm just saying, you've got to move forward with business until somebody tells him that business has to stop. And it goes to things that we're not privy to, that Roger Goodell must know, that the league must be monitoring, where at this moment they don't feel comfortable enough to say, pull the guy. We can disagree as much as we want because me and you are aligned and he shouldn't be there, but you've got to let a process play out and the man is innocent until proven guilty. Okay. Well, we, we at this point, though, I would just appreciate some insight as no to doubt. what's going on. No like, are we close to a decision? Does he need to sit out while we find more facts? Like, what's going on here? Because just consistently talking about football and him being traded, like, does nobody good? It doesn't do the Texans good. It doesn't do these foul other suitors good. It doesn't do Deshaun Watson good. And it certainly doesn't do the 22 women who have pending cases out there. Ain't good. nobody trading for him right now until they know more. No, so, no franchise is going to be that reckless. They're going to do their due diligence. They're going to try and understand. And then they're going to act accordingly. Like, I, I would just appreciate like here this is what we're going to do with Deshaun Watson while we continue to find some facts I I would appreciate that just and then we can move on with the conversation that's what I think okay why one team should feel embarrassed about an opening loss that's next on KJZ right here on ESPN radio and the ESPN app a disgusting performance by the United States men's national team USA just literally trying to jack up any possible three-point shot no matter how ugly it is they're not happy about it more from Keyshawn J. Will and Zubin next Barbasol Shaving Cream, an American original for over 100 years. Close Shave America, Close Shave Barbasol. Have you ridden an electric e-bike yet? You need to check out Electric e-bikes today. The number one selling e-bike in America. 
Two things stand out that bikers love about electric. Number one, the majority of their models come pre-assembled, so you don't need to be a bike savant to ride them. Number two, electric wants to empower riders to spend more time exploring outside on their bikes, so they've made range a priority. Long-range batteries allow riders to hit typically around 65 miles of range or up to 150 miles on some models. Bonus! Electric has purposefully priced their bikes to be affordably awesome, so you don't have to break the bank to get these sweet rides. See why people who have made the switch to electric bikes have fallen in love with biking again by visiting electricebikes.com. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C-E-B-I-K-S.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day, but sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Oh, the Yankees blew a 4 nothing lead and lost to the Red Sox 5-4. to After holding the Red Sox hitless for seven innings on Sunday, the Yankees lost 5-4 to after allowing Boston to score five runs in the eighth inning. It was New York's third loss this season when leading by four-plus runs in the eighth inning or later, tied for the most such losses in a single season in franchise history. No other team has more than one such loss this season. USA Softball finishes the group stage undefeated. Staying on the diamond here, Kelsey Stewart homer to lead off the bottom of the seventh to cap a late rally and give USA Softball a 2-1 win over Japan for its second straight walk-off win. The Americans finish group stage, play 5-0 while allowing only two runs. The U.S. earned the right to bat last in Tuesday's gold medal game against the host nation. Big 12 Executive Committee is going to meet with Texas and Oklahoma presidents. The Big 12 Executive Committee met with the presidents of Texas and Oklahoma on Sunday amid speculation that the two schools intended to part for the SEC. Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby said in a statement that the meeting was cordial and he expects that the team, or I'm sorry, that the two teams will continue conversations in the days ahead. 830 Sports Center is brought to you by Goodyear. Movement is always driving us forward, whether it's on the track, the court, or on the field. Every move we make, every road we choose to go down, and every single mile marker we pass leads us to find out just how far we can go. Goodyear, more driven. The U.S. with an eight-point lead at the half, and France has stormed back. Obviously, the French played well in this game, but the Americans did not execute, did not get it done. A disgusting performance by the United States men's national team. All right, disgusting performance is a little harsh, I think. Uh, Keyshawn, Jay, Will, and Zubin, presented by Progressive Insurance. Guests join us on the Goodyear Hotline, uh, where we're going to go right now. Shea Cornette and Jordan Cornette filling in for the guys, and we're going to that Goodyear Hotline because Brian Windhorse, ESPN NBA insider, joins us live from Tokyo. He is covering Team USA at the Olympics. Good morning, or maybe good night, I think, to you, Wendy, as you, I know you're <laughs> in Tokyo right now. And, uh, you know, yesterday morning, we here in the States woke up to the loss of USA losing to France. So what's kind of the feeling after that loss in round one? You know, the thing about it is, I know that it was their first Olympic loss in 2000, since 2004, and that's what people are talking about. But they've been losing regularly for two years now. They lost two games in China um, in the World Cup two years ago. They lost two exhibition games, and now they lost this game. So I'm sorry to say it. They've lost five of the last eight games they've played. I've been at all of them, and I can tell you that all of them have kind of felt the same. 
even though the personnel has been different. They have not been able to get it done under pressure. And I find it hard to, to believe that I'm saying that because in this game, they're up seven points with four minutes to go. They have Kevin Durant and they have Damian Lillard on their team, not to mention everybody else they've got, and they couldn't finish. And there's 10 reasons why they can't, but at the end of the day, you've just got to do it. You know, you've got to close that game. You've got to finish that. And I'm telling you, looking at the other teams that are here, Australia is really good. Luka Doncic scored 48 points today against Argentina, who's a legacy team here in the Olympics. I don't know how you can look at Slovenia with Luka and not be concerned about them. You know, Spain is the defending world champion. Um, they're going to have to raise their level of game significantly in the next 12 days to figure out how to hold on to their, their gold medal title. So, Wendy, I kind of want to talk this through with you because it, it was the impression I had while watching was Team USA is chock full of ball-dominant superstars for the most part. Guys that when times get turbulent, give me the ball, I'm going to make a play. Whereas Team France, these are guys who are stars in their roles. So they are more seamlessly able to get to play the team game, understanding roles, more so than Team USA. And that possibly showed face in those final four minutes of the game. Do you subscribe to that philosophy in any way? Yes, that's true. Although I would argue that in this game, they were overpassing because Popovich is really trying to get them to play Spurs ball. And there was a possession late in the game where Dame Lillard gets the ball open on the wing. And because Popovich is saying, share the ball, share the ball, share the ball, he tries to throw one extra pass and it gets picked off. And I'm like, Dame, I don't want anybody else in this arena taking the shot except for you there. And so I just think that's an unfamiliarity thing. But one thing I will definitely say, having covered a lot of international basketball now, when, when players like Evan Fournier or Tomas Sadoransky, who they're going to play later this week, when you're asked to go from a limited role in the NBA to a bigger role for your national team, all of us want a bigger role, right? I'll go, I'll go to first take. Watch me take that show. Right? <laughs> Let's go, um, Wendy. <laughs> I, won't be, I, won't be Steve, I won't be Stephen A., right? But everybody, you know, everybody who's you know, playing in the NBA le- level, those guys are like, I can go to a bigger role and be successful, especially if I'm going to be the best guy there. Um, when you have to go into a smaller role, which is what most of these Team USA guys do, that's more challenging. You know, Luka Doncic is playing the same role for Slovenia as he did for, for Dallas, essentially maybe even bigger. He's comfortable. You now ask Dame Willard or Kevin Durant to play this, they're uncomfortable. And so that's always been true, but we always had a bigger margin for error. Now our margin for error is smaller, and you see that show up in the way this played out. And, I don't, and there's not a magic pill to fix that, but again, I'm going to go back to, despite all that, seven points, four minutes to go, Durant, Lillard, Jason Tatum, Draymond Green out there, you close that game. So a lot of people, um, and in circles I respect, are, are singing the praises of what Coach K was clearly able to do during his run with Team USA, and it didn't seem to have these type of issues. Is it fair to say Coach K would have been able to do this, and maybe this is a Coach Pop issue speaking to the offensive approach of sharing it in this Spurs system? Is there any dots to connect there, Wendy? Well, first off, I would say that Coach K struggled a little bit in his first time coaching Team USA and had to make some changes. And I was here in Japan in 2006 and saw them get the bronze, and that was on Coach K's resume. But one thing that Coach K did was he 
had guys play see, uh, summer after summer. When they would come to the Olympics, they would have gotten together for the last previous two summers, the core of the team. That didn't happen here. It's not because of Greg Popovich's fault. It's because of the change to the international schedule and the pandemic. So they didn't have the system that they developed under Krzyzewski has been derailed for no purpose reason. It just happened. The other thing, though, is that Krzyzewski developed a game plan, which I think worked very well. And he said, I am going to use all 12 of my guys and I'm going to put them out there and I am going to run them to exhaustion. We are going to press. We're going to play up tempo. And I want you absolutely gasping for air when I take you out of the game after a four minute stretch. And guess what? I'm sending in another all NBA player to replace you. Even if that's the way Greg Popovich wants to play, which is not really the case, he hasn't been able to do that because his players were exhausted and a little bit out of shape coming in, and then he only had eight of them to fly over here. Um, so, and then he's added three more you know, the day of the, of the last game. You can't really do that under those circumstances. So Popovich is holding a bit of a rough hand. But again, let me take a step back. Seven points, four minutes to go. Close. I know that I keep saying that. But that is an indication of how they've lost five of their last eight games. They haven't been able to close. Quickly, Wendy, before we let you go here, what do you make of the comments by Damian Lillard? I'm going to read the quote really quick. You know who we see each night sometimes in the NBA? They are completely different when they play for their countries. What do you make of that quote by Dame Lillard? Well, just what I said before. Um, I mean, I was standing one foot from him uh, violating COVID protocols. Please don't tell anybody uh, when he said it. Um, and that was that it's, it's, it's a little bit simpler to go into a larger role when you're a talented basketball player than to go into a smaller role. Go put, you know, Dame Lillard on Team Mexico, and he would have no problem playing that role. Go put any player in the NBA on you know the Czech Republic team, they probably would really love that role. It's just a different ask. And the fact that it shows up so blatantly is an indication of how the gap has been closed in the talent level, which we've seen over the last decade. Hmm, interesting stuff. Brian Winhorse, our ESPN NBA insider, giving us the latest from Tokyo. Thank you so much. Have a good night. I think it's nighttime there, correct? Thank you. That's right. That's right. <laughs> See you, Wendy. Uh, these summer games news and notes is brought to you by California almonds representing your country or representing your trivia team. Almonds are natural fuel for the best you California almonds own your every day, every single day. Good stuff from Wendy. I think it, I think it's like midnight there. Right I, now. But I try to tell you it's about the roles and, and he said it in a different way, but it's the same thing. You're asking superstars to play along other superstars and not have their organic role of, Hey, it's getting frenzied. It's a little turbulent here. Go win the game. Well, guys don't know how to do that. And speaking to Pop's system of really sharing the sugar, guys are trying to adjust where it's Evan Fournier be a piece to this this group with the Celtics with big-time stars. And now the world is yours. Uh, I hate when you say try to tell you. I do listen when you tell me things. I just I also like to have other people say the same things in different ways. So I really like you. Just listen better to other people. Maybe it's a, that's a marriage thing. I think I, I agree. Yeah. 100%. I don't I listen to half the ish you say. Okay, I'm gonna let that go, and um, <laughs> I'm just gonna say that uh, you know the o- team USA wasn't the only team that got embarrassed by an alley yesterday. There was another team that we're gonna talk about next here on KJZ and ESPN Radio and ESPN Two. Greeny with Mike Greenberg. Brady puts himself in a category with Jordan and Gretzky. He is obviously 100% right. Greeny, weekday mornings at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. 
Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Let's go A to Z here with some interesting words from two very interesting people. Uh, Keyshawn, J. Will, and Zubin presented by Progressive Insurance. Shay Cornette and Jordan Cornette here with you. And we're going to start in the world of baseball. Alex Verdugo broke up Domingo Herman's no-hit bid with a leadoff double in the bottom of the eighth in the Yankees-Red Sox game yesterday. Boston then erupted for five runs to beat New York 5-4. to four. The Yankees now have three losses this season when they've led by four more runs in the eighth inning or later. And according to SIG, tying the most such losses in a single season in franchise history. It's the first time they've had three such losses since 1993. And manager Aaron Boone just doesn't know what to make of the situation. This definitely seems like, you know, especially over the last you know, month or month and a half, you know, we've, we've had, we've had some really tough ones that we've had to get past and get through and, and time and time again, these guys have done it and, uh, you know, continue to reveal their character and, and look, it's, it's, it's been a difficult season to this point, no question about it, but, you know, to these guys credit, they continue to get off the mat time and time again, and, and we'll do it again. Shay, you are the Yankees fan base. I'm going to tell you why you're the the Yankees fan base. You come home from a long day's work, and maybe I leave some, some dirty clothes out. That's one day. I'll deal with it. You come back another day from work, long day's work. There's a wet towel on the bed. You hate that. I hate that. The third day that you come home from work after turning, uh, 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 turning the, the cheek and dealing with it, this the third true. day you come home and there is that dirty towel on the no, floor. No, you left your dishes in the sink. The dishes in it. The dishes in the sink. Let dog. me help you with my the blood The dishes boiling. in the sink. You're going to explode. I'm going to lose it. It's what we call a breaking point. The Yankees fan base, they're at the breaking point. You'll have the no-hitter going in Fenway. Everything's going great. Maybe this turns around. You're running an AL East, hopefully the trade deadline too, but you get it done in Fenway to turning out losing 5-4 to four and some questionable decisions from Aaron Boone. It is the breaking point. He's now 3-10 and 10 versus Boston, 3-10 and 10 versus your arch nemesis. And afterwards, you're second-guessing yourself where Alex Cora seems like the guy can do no wrong on the other side. Not only are you not competitive with your arch rival, you seem outclassed by them. And this fumble in that eighth inning, in the devastating way you gave up what was supposed to be a memorable day, turning into an everyday loss for a team that's plummeting, it's now to the point where you go, no more Aaron Boone. We can't do this. We've hit our breaking point. I'm never going to get up on any platform and say a guy's got to go, so I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that fan base is feeling like, that's it. I'm done. I'm done with this guy. Well, and the second just, guessing didn't help anything. Uh, look, I, Aaron Boone knows more baseball than I could ever, like, pretend to forget or remember. It doesn't matter. But, like, 
Domingo Herman had a no hit going into the bottom of the eighth. He gives up a double and then he gets pulled and then the Red Sox rally and beat the Yankees. And this was a very similar story that we saw a few days ago as well, where he pulled a pitcher too early after giving up only one or two hits. And it's but the personnel like, you went with too, who didn't show well last time in their outing, who probably wasn't ready by by being overworked. But so it's just it's like and then he questions himself obviously afterwards. Like and, and in that bite that we just heard, he he's saying like, you know, there's been a lot of times where we overcome it. Well, you haven't overcome it as of late. Like the Yankees can't find a way to win games. And I hate this conversation that like Aaron Judge is now going to possi- possibly be a guy that they're talking about trading. Like he's the face of your franchise. The whole thing it, just seems very discombobulated. It, it, it's just also, Shay, what you want from your leadership is a finite stance. Like once you make that decision in that eighth inning to play your defense back and a dribbler ends up being your undoing, you can't come out post game and say, well, I'm really regretting this no, kind of decision. You, can't. you, you can't. rode with what you rode with. You got to be confident, even yeah. if you're taking the wrong path. No matter what. And now the second guessing is coming from outside. It's also clearly within the inside, inside the head of Aaron Boone, who seems like he's the problem right now. The MLB Weekend Recap is brought to you by Credit Karma. Visit creditkarma.com slash win money to open your free account and start winning instant karma. Credit, Car- Credit Karma money progress starts here. How about Gardner Minshew? Trevor Lawrence preparing to be the starting quarterback for the Jacksonville Jaguars. We know this, right? Unless Gardner Minshew has something to say about it. Minshew has the longest of odds to start week one over the number one overall pick, but he won't go down without a fight. That is for sure. Minshew told Chris Long on the Greenlight podcast how he's preparing to battle Lawrence once camp begins this week. I'll tell you this, man, in preparation for the competition, I haven't, I haven't taken a in weeks. It's not an option for me. Number two is not an option. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, okay, I, I'm laughing at not only his choice of words, but also the fact that, I mean, Minshew, you ain't starting over Trevor Lawrence. But that's not the takeaway here. That line, I, I mean, I wish I could get that, if I had any say in the home decor, I would get that somewhere plastered on something and put in our bathroom just to get a laugh, a smirk, and to be motivated to go attack the day. I think it's incredible. It's I think it's inc- – what a line. And it's also great because of the dynamic here, right? Trevor Lawrence is a saint. If you've ever been around a guy, he walks on water. He is, he is such a pure spirit and just good guy. These words would never be uttered out of his mouth. And Gardner Minshew has the mullet, has the look, has the, 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 the vibe. And it's so very different from Trevor. So I different. think this is awesome. He's saying it in jest. I mean, it's only competition's only going to breed a better Trevor Lawrence. But that line is it's epic. It's legendary. This is one of those moments where I just know my husband will be using this line for other things in life. Like, he's a, you're a line regurgitator. I'm a biter. If it's good, I bite it. Yeah, you I are. think all, all, all smart people should take things they like. Okay. Make it a part of their vernacular. Um, fair enough. All right, let's get to a little bit of breaking news now in terms of Deshaun Watson and the Houston Texans. So after initially insisting they would not trade Deshaun Watson, the Houston Texans have shifted their stance on the quarterback's trade availability. The Texans have been willing to field offers from interested teams. This is according to sources that have confirmed this to ESPN's Sarah Barshop. The club already has had preliminary discussions with other teams about Watson. Watson reported to training camp Sunday, but the Texans don't feel they have received yet a very serious offer. And what might that offer be? Well, According to ESPN's Chris Mortensen, the Texans' price for Deshaun Watson has been a combination of five, five, high draft picks and starting caliber players. To reiterate, that would be five high draft picks. So we're talking first round-ish and starting caliber players in addition to draft capital. 
Mm. And that's according to two league executives and according to Chris Mortensen. Yeah, I, I could ride with the five high draft picks. It's the and in a Chris Mortensen report. And he's gathering this, as it says, per two league executives. It's the at, the additional starting caliber players where I just go, ah. Because I'm looking at Aaron Rodgers, who's not nearly in the position in their career, because you're talking about the prime of Deshaun Watson's career. Deshaun's really just getting going if he's able to be in uniform, uh, given what's going on. But you're talking about a long in the tooth Aaron Rodgers playing high-level football. And yet still, I think Aaron Rodgers, because he's a reigning MVP, shows he can still do it. I, I look at that and say a combination of five high draft picks probably gets you Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so I guess they're looking at the age discrepancy here, too, and saying because Deshaun's younger, but he hadn't achieved what, what Aaron Rodgers has achieved. So I don't know how you throw in and starting caliber players. It's a high tag, but I guess it's just their starting point. Are we really going to be trading Deshaun Watson amidst all this investigation? Nobody's going to trade for Deshaun but Watson like clearly, unless they have clarity. There's clearly news about it. So clearly there are there is rumblings about it amongst different organizations and throughout the tex- the Texans building. How does it make you feel to even be talking about it? Honestly? A- annoyed. Like, quite frankly, annoyed. I don't want to be having these conversations about what you're going to give up or get for Deshaun Watson right now when there's 22 pending investigations. Can we get to the bottom of those first and then we can have these discussions? And I imagine that, that the cart doesn't go before the horse. It will be figured <sighs> out in that way, as you're uh, asking for. No, no doubt. doubt. Okay, there's. I, I, we mentioned Aaron Rodgers. What about Aaron Rodgers? There's really only two realistic scenarios in the end for A-Rod. Uh, you'll, hear, you'll hear about them next right here on KJZ on ESPN Radio.